The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello, and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. Thank you for tuning in. Before we get into the interview, I would be honored if you would consider going to thepaulleslie.com and clicking support the show. There are quite a number of things I want to accomplish with the Paul Leslie Hour, and you can help me get more of these interviews out there to the masses. It only takes a moment, and it makes a world of difference. Last but not least, tell someone about the Paul Leslie Hour. Let them know in whatever way you can. And now let's get into the interview. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very honored to be welcoming guitarist, performing, and recording artist. Freddie Coella is with us. He's a great guitarist from France, but he has played all over the world, and he's worked with some of the great musicians of the world. Freddie Coella has worked with the likes of Willie DeVille, Johnny Holiday, Carla Bruni, Zachary Richard, Bob Dylan. He's also a great composer and recording artist. I've been enjoying this album of his called Undone. Some very interesting music. It's a great honor to have Freddie Coella with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So how are you doing today, Freddie? I'm doing fine. I'm, 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 I moved to France like three years ago, and I'm in the countryside, and it's just, it's great. Um, and the little town of like uh, two thousand people, you know. Yeah. No, no more cars like in LA. You know, every day I use my car maybe once a week when I'm not working. You know. Nice. So when I tried to call you the other day, you said you were recording. So can you tell us what you're working on? I'm doing my third album finally like uh, 10 years after the other one, since we have the confinement, you know. Right. At some point, I said, that's another occasion to, opportunity to do it. You know, I have plenty of time, so let's do it. So the first album was called Minimal. Mm -hmm. The second one, Undone. And mm -hmm. do you have a title for this third one yet? Not yet, no. Not to be no, determined. Not at all. <laughs> so... Something that somebody will notice when they listen to a lot of these tunes that you've recorded, they're very unusual. They're not like other tunes that you hear. How do you compose a song? What process do you use? Complete accident, in fact. <laughs> like, uh, you see, I'm, I'm noodling on my guitar, and, and, and then a little smidge of melody comes under my fingers and then I build on that. And the other day I was doing a song and I was trying, finally I was trying an acoustic guitar on that and I found a part and it didn't really match the song, but then I went for this guitar and I, I made another song and it took me like two hours to do it. So it's really, it's working around accidents, you know. Hmm. Like, like uh, I would say, uh, complete improvisation, you know. 
Hmm. So in addition to the guitar, you also play violin? Yes. And on this record, I'm going to, I'm playing the violin. So I have a, a, a kind of American folk blues background and I have a classical background on the violin. So on this album, I'm going to mix both. And, and so far it's, I'm happy with what I have. It's, it's different, you know, so I like it. So tell me about the guitarists that were the biggest influence on you. Uh, first of all, the, the old blues guys. You know, when I was 15, 16 years old in France in a little town, my sister came, came back from school with vinyls and it was like Sonny Terry, Brownie Mackey and Lightning Hopkins and J.B. Lenoir, and, and I completely flipped out, you know. And so that was my first influence. And, and after that, I would say Hendrix, Clapton, a little later, Ry Cooter, you know. Yeah, I would say that uh, 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 Clarence Gatemouth-Brown also. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, I used to listen to JJK a lot also at the time. Uh, Muddy Waters, uh, Johnny Winter also. Yeah, that's about it, you know. A good variety Probably of stuff. Probably forget some, but, you know. Not just... Uh, 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 the, what's his name? The guy from Little Feet, Lowell George. Oh, Lowell George, yeah. Big one. Well, not just limited to guitarists, just music as a whole. Who were the singers, the the, the bands that you liked? Uh, so the old blues guys. Uh, I used to love the singer from uh, Can't Heat. Oh, yeah. And I used to uh, Lowell George. Toots Ebert, you, you know, from mm. Toots and the Maidles, yeah. I used to listen to Emil Harris when I was younger also. You know, it's quite difficult to, mm-hmm. to remember all those names, you know, you kind of, since you don't listen to them that often anymore, I have a tendency to forget. Mm, Dory Parton. You know, I I, I love uh, Willie Nelson also. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I might come back with some other names later. Well, what was the town in France that you're from originally? Alsace. The town is Mühlhaus. It's close to Germany and Switzerland. And then when I was younger, we moved same area, but a little bit more into the mountains. Were your parents supportive of you going into the world like, of music? Classical, yes. Blues, no. <laughs> because, of course, it didn't make sense to them, you know. What is he doing? Why is he doing this music from another time, you know? And uh, But my dad was a Bach fanatic. He, he was a melloman, you know. He, he, he was a a serious music lover. 
And my mom, she was quite good at piano, you know, classical. So I was into a musical setting, you know, that's for sure. But blues didn't, didn't talk to them at all at the time, you know. They, they got it later, like, you know, when I was 40, you know. <laughs> Can you recall the first time you went into a recording studio? Yeah, in that region, we had a friend who had a recording studio, and and we did some local stuff, you know. Now, how did you start to accompany these artists that I was mentioning at the beginning? Who was the first one? The first, I mean, real professional, I would guess, was Zachary Richard. Because I went to play with him, I was like twenty third years old, and and before that, I used to play in a dance band in my area, you know. But more artistically and and professionally, Zachary Richard was the first one. Well, tell the viewers out there about Zachary Richard. He is a great artist. He's he's one of the best singer. Yeah, you know, he, he, uh, you know, and and he comes from gospel, I guess, you know, and uh, he's from Louisiana, from Scott, Louisiana, really small town. So he's been like in this uh, mixed population, you know. So he's been with black and white since he was very young. So he has all this culture, you know. And he's like passionate about history, about the history of his Louisiana, you know. So it was it was great for, for me, you know, to learn all that when I was so young. And how did you come to meet Zachary Richard? Through a friend of ours who is a guitar maker who's called James Trissard. He does metal guitars. He's, he's in LA for quite a while now. And, uh, he's, he's very well known. And Zach and him were friends and I was friend with him. And so he hooked us up, you know. Now you've mentioned Louisiana and that's a place where so much music comes out of jazz, blues, rock music, Cajun music. You could just keep on going. Can you tell us about the first time you went to Louisiana? Yes, I was 20, 21, I think. And I stayed like a month in New Orleans. And I was completely like amazed, you know, with, and I remember I've seen Gatemouth Brown. I've seen the Never Brothers. I've seen Dr. John. I was like, <laughs> this is, this is the best. See, big, big imprint in me. Hmm. So, was it music that brought you to New Orleans? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was playing with this cover band, and I said, you know, I must go there. You know, I love this music so much. I have to see it. I have to feel it. And the guy were really cool. I said, just go, and you come back afterwards. You know, and I went and. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. After that, life was different. 
you know. Like my music landscape was completely different. In fact, I couldn't go back to play with that band. I had to do something else. And that's when I went to Zachary, not long after that, you know, like maybe a year or a year and a half after that, that trip. Very interesting. So I'm also hoping you can tell us about, there was a great, great artist, and I wish more people knew about Willie DeVille. How did you come to meet him? James Tressard again. <laughs> you know, he, he, he made a guitar for him, and they were quite close, you know, friends. <laughs> Same thing. He was looking for a guitarist, and uh, he was thinking about uh, Sony Landreth, and he didn't want to do it. He has his solo career, career already. So I, I called him from Mulhouse in France, you know, I called him and he was in Louisiana. And in fact, <clears throat> when I was playing with Zach, we went to a wedding and he was there too. So I met really somehow before, you know, so he quite remembered me. He had a good memory. And uh, so I called him and I said, you know, hi, William, Freddie, James, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and he said, you know, why don't you record me a cassette of what you're doing? Which I did. Like I recorded like slide and a little bit more Spanish stuff, you know, and he dipped it. And, and I went, you know, and I, I think at the time Zachary was like hoping I could join his band too. So I went and that was in 1990. And I stayed 26 years in the U.S. and from that year. How would you describe Willie DeVille? A film character. <laughs> you know, because he was living in a movie. You know, his life was a movie. And he was, uh, <clears throat> he had a, a, a an amazing heart, this guy. Very generous, listening to you. But of course, we all know he had like uh, addiction problems, you know, which made it difficult at sometimes, you know. But the the guy was he was super nice person, really, really nice person. Through the music that you have performed, you've gotten to visit a lot of places around the world. Where have you been where you were especially amazed by, by what you saw? I would say Louisiana. Hmm. You, know, you go on a bayou over there, this is not a planet. You know? and, and, and even the music, like it's... You have so much different stuff, you know, and, and the black culture is so strong. I would say Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. What other artists have you worked with that you were especially impressed by? I would say Dylan, obviously, but I would say also Lassa. Do you know her? Lassa de Sela. No, I don't know her. Oh, you have to check that. Okay. <laughs> she she is fantastic. Unfortunately, she passed away. 
but that was like for me a highlight with Bob that was highlights and and uh, right now I I'm, I'm 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 working with nice people right now a black singer called Ayo I don't know if you heard of her she's German she was born in Germany but her dad is from Niger Nigeria and her mom she's from Romania so what a brand oh. and uh, she's a great singer how do you spell her name a y o easy okay and and i i produced her record you know And uh, there is another artist I've been working with recently, Hugh Coltman. And we did a record, he's British, and we did a record in, his record in New Orleans. And it's really good. You should check it out, this one. It's really good. Okay. Uh, so his name is Hugh Coltman, and it's his last record. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I, I must say... I had a good time with all the singers I've been working with, you know. Like the person I'm working with uh, right now, Francis Cabrel. I mean, cool. All, all, I enjoy working with all these people really much, you know. So you enjoy being a record producer? I do. I do. When people really connect musically with me, you know, Because I'm kind of a niche, I can not do anything, everything, you know. So when we do connect, I really like it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is there a certain mood, a certain atmosphere that you like to set when you're producing with an artist like this? Yes, to leave as much space as possible around the voice. Interesting. Uh, because the voice for me is major. Because I, I can't sing and I don't like my voice. So I'm always had a little issue with that, you know. So I'm very sensitive to voices. Mm. So when I'm producing a record that I want to enjoy physically the voice, you know. Is there anyone that you would like to work, work with out there that you haven't yet that you're dreaming to? That's tough questions. Uh, no. At the moment, I don't think about someone. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I must say that having worked with Bob Dylan, you know, <laughs> it's 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 quite, uh, you know, it's quite. Uh, what can you do best, really? You know? Well, how did you come to meet Bob Dylan? How did that happen? James Trussard again. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was in his workshop, you know, that I visited quite regularly, and uh, Tony Garnier was there too, and they started to talk. They were rehearsing in Santa Monica, and, and he mentioned, "Yeah, it's okay, but it's not going that great," you know, and James. <laughs> You should try Freddie, you know. And, and they knew me. He knew me a little bit through James Trussard, uh, through uh, Willie Deville, because 
we did some festivals and Dylan was there too. You know. And fair enough, two days later, they were calling me, Freddie, would you like to come to the rehearsal in Santa Monica? And I was living just next to Santa Monica. Sure. And I went and we were playing for these two hours and it went fine. And that was it. No, we had a good time. So you you were saying earlier, you were saying the voice is so important, you want to create this space. What approach did you take when when playing with Bob Dylan? I would say the same, the, the, you know, like being careful not to step on his vocal, you know, mm-hmm. which... You can do it quite easily when it's loud, you know, because it was quite often loud. And, but what was funny is that when I was playing, my playing was very close to his, except that I had the technique, you know, but my approach was very close to his. And I think that's why it worked so well and and my blues background you know which he likes you know so my approach was playing my usual stuff you know i wasn't trying to be something else you know just did my stuff and and he liked it you know i'm hoping you can tell us you just mentioned tony garnier and he has been playing bass with Bob Dylan for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, 1989, I believe. Tell us about Tony. What uh, What do you think of him? Ah, he's, he's quite amazing in the sense that he has a memory. He, he knows all the songs. Like, you, you speed a song, he knows it. Like, he goes, no mistake, he got it, you know. So for me, with no memory, that was stunning. And plus, he has the the knowledge of the music. You know, he knows all the little story. You know, that's someone you should have at your show, definitely, <laughs> because he knows so much. You know, he was like kind of a mentor. You know, when I was with Bob, like really impressive, and nice guy. You know, mm-hmm. easygoing. You know, like cool. Well, Tony, if you're watching, get in touch. <laughs> That's right. What about George Rosselli? Was he the drummer at the time? That's right. Excellent drummer from New Orleans. So, I mean, the rhythm section for me was like the <laughs> paradise. You know, grooving with them was fantastic. I don't know if you've ever read about what people said about the shows that you did, but you have a lot of fans. There were a lot of people who were saying, if you look up online, they say, wow, Freddie, just an amazing guitarist. You know, I never checked really, you know, I heard some rumors, but I didn't want to get into that. You know, with him, I wanted to preserve my, my bubble, you know, I wanted to be myself and not getting influenced by the outside world you know because that for me that was the way to go to really enjoy it you know Mm. so like when you release an album 
for example, do the reviews, do they matter to you? Uh, you know, so far they were good. So I, I, I wasn't hurt. So it was just nice, you know? But let's say I would have a bad review. Yeah, it might affect me a little bit, you know? Mm. <laughs> might hurt a little bit. Especially if there is truth in it, which could be possible, you know? Mm. I remember reading uh, Jimmy Buffett, who plays over there in France quite a bit. He was saying that he didn't read bad reviews because I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> I thought, why? Why? Well, it's tricky, you know. Hmm. So, same thing with uh, with Bob, you know. I know people digged what I was doing, but some hated it, you know. So, when, when you're public, you have to be ready for that, you know. True, very true. Uh, take take your distance to it, you know. What about, can you tell us about the experience of working with the late Johnny Holiday? You know, I did recording for him, but I just play once a song with him singing, all the rest was with somebody else singing at his place, mm. and he was do the he would do the vocal later later, you know. So my experience with him was very slim, you know. Was it like that also with Carla Bruni? No, no, with her it was recording live in the studio, and she's great. She's really talented, you know. We had a good time. Can you tell us about the experience of working with K.D. Lang? Ah, that's another singer I forgot. I'm lucky. I was, I'm lucky. She, fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, man. Wow. I, that was a great tour, you know. And with the musicians, good team. We were just four musicians with her. You no, know, I like minimalism, you know. It was great. Fantastic. I noticed that in your recordings, and it's it's one of the reasons why I like listening to the songs that you've recorded so much, because everybody, it seems like, especially when it's an instrumental song, they want to make it so, so busy, so much. <laughs> and I like that, that, you, you know, when I was listening to Undone, that was the first album of yours I was listening to. It really draws the ear in because of its simplicity. Well, but for me, it's a question of pace. It's like, like you know, when you make love, the way you're touching, you know, it's you have to take your time. And when I listen to music, you know, somebody else, I like to follow it, you know, and I don't, I, I don't want to, to be interrupted by a flow of stuff and. You know, like irregularity, you know, I like to groove with the music, you know, and and that's why I I put not so much information in what I'm doing, because I like the people, myself first, because it's therapy, you know, that I can follow simply what I'm doing, you know, hmm. because uh, virtuosity is not my thing. 
I did a little bit when I was younger, but it's not my dream. It's, it sounds, it's the physical effect that sounds do to you. It attracts me, you know. I'm hoping you can tell us around what time do you think that this new album of yours is going to be coming out? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe this year and of the year or early next year, maybe. Okay. What is the best thing about being Freddie Coella? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the best thing is having my freedom, you know, like being able to, to live my life with music. I mean, for your time on this planet, being able to make a living with music that you like, with people that you like, fantastic. <laughs> well, I always like to, on the show, I, I like to give the guest the stage, so to speak. I know that there will be fans of yours, people listening from all over. What would you say to anybody who's tuned in with us? Music heals, and we need music more than ever, you know, and, and be open to go different styles, you know. Don't get stuck in one style, you know. Open up, you know. There are so, so much stuff, so, so much different sounds, you know. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I would say, you know. I wouldn't I would say a particular thing, you know, but now with the internet, I mean, you can hear, like, music from, I don't know, like a little country, the east, northeast, like uh, every country, you can go and check the music, you know, besides the popular music. And some of them are just so unique and interesting. Mm-hmm. Talking about sounds, you know. Well, I don't want to put you on the spot, but would you play a song for us? Yeah, I don't have. I just have this one. You know, I, I was I was working, so I didn't really uh, prepare myself. Can you hear something? Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you for uh, thank you for uh, getting in touch with me. I mean, this is great because I've seen all the people you had. That's quite impressive. Thank you. It really is super. Well, I hope we get to meet in person sometime. Well, and I will let you know when the record is done. Absolutely. I have your email address now, so that's. I'll tell you who I would like to hear you duet with. 
your guitar and Aaron Neville's voice. Well, 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 I'm out of there. That's right. Well, let's put it out there in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, Freddie, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, sir. I have, have a wonderful a, night. And have a nice day. Nice All right. afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Till next time. Yes, bye-bye. The boop, bop, deep, bop, doodly, keep, bop, doodly, shop, bop, ding, dock, ooh, no, I just think it was like a pom pom cook it to be, a zilla, bock, a tom, pumpkin, tom, com, pom, goodle, the goodle, loop, bop, boodle, boom, goodbye.